salt. They're like huge seed pods. Salty Pod, where two friends discuss pop culture and more. Here are your hosts, Matt Haynes and Jay Norman. Obviously, we could talk about the big reveal. Maybe we should get that out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Thoughts on Luke? <laughs> yeah. yeah. CGI still sucks, but <laughs> it wasn't decidedly worse even though we were like on we're on smaller screen versus you know some of the you know the big production budgets of the big films like that have used it like um rogue one for instance and right but yeah i mean definitely a little some uncanny valley vibes for me in that see mainly mainly just i think the problem is is when you kind of like linger on it a little too yeah. long it's like the longer he was just kind of standing there felt really awkward yeah. <laughs> you know just like the longer he's there and like standing and not really like engaging with these other characters <laughs> the the more artificial it feels yeah and also it's just awkward in that it kind of awkward in him just being there it feels like it almost felt like he was intruding on like this moment <laughs> for like for like mando and like grogu you know and i kind of wanted to like you know maybe you should just step out of the room for a, a minute here luke i mean if you're just gonna stand there and look like a creep yeah. <laughs> i'll wait in the car <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i'll be in the x-wing little guy just <laughs> i'd almost like, just rather them get an actor and i don't know it looks good when the character is not doing anything but as soon as they start talking there's the disconnect from the mouth and the eyes and yeah yeah i'm with you i would have i mean it's kind of fun i guess to see luke luke of that era pop up but at the same time i just yeah i i think i would have preferred for them to just cast somebody and you know, I'm I'm totally fully I'm I'm there for this that Sebastian Stan, yeah, you know, uh, fan uh, driven campaign for him to like play Luke. I mean, or you know, somebody. I mean, just yeah. set it up also to like for an actor, a new actor to play Luke. You know, in this like new Mando universe. You know that it seems reasonable that we're going to see Luke again over the course of these sh- these shows that are taking place in that in that part of the disney plus universe right why not get an actor now drop him in and make it i mean it's pretty obvious you know you can make it really obvious this is luke (laughs) he doesn't you know even if it's a new actor you i don't i don't think you have to contrive some additional scene where you're like hi i'm luke skywalker (laughs) it's like i think you can make it pretty obvious and it was obvious to me as soon as like he starts cutting down you know all the death troopers or whatever they're called you know and the in the corridors there it's like oh yeah this is luke skywalker i mean (laughs) yeah i'm a little wary of like having to see more like cgi applications of young mark hamill you know in future episodes of either mando or another series yeah to me yeah, it just seems it would just be the easier and uh, option. And 
in a sense, they haven't shied away from it in other aspects too. They, you know, in Solo, they cast, a, you know, an actor. <laughs> you know, why can't they just kind of do that? Yeah. For these other characters as well, if you're going to use them at all. Certainly, especially with Mandalorian, it's like, it doesn't matter if those characters ever show up to me. But if you're going to do that, yeah, it seems like you got to have a better long-term option. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, that, I, it was cool sequence and yeah, good to see you know luke and action yeah i mean i felt i had that same type of reaction to it you know watching luke and all his jedi powers you know all in all its glory as i did you know with the that scene at the end of rogue one where you see darth vader you know for the first time like just mowing down you know opponents and it's like really illustrating like how like incredibly powerful this character is that was not really you know was never really in the power of you know the production teams back in the original you know trilogy right. to like really show that you know just like the effects and the and the the fight craft back in the you know late 70s and early 80s is not <laughs> anywhere near you know where we're at now so so that's fun it's a fun payoff to see this character in live action so to speak just be a I badass so i don't know if you saw the have you seen the comparisons of somebody's done that put the last fight scene there with uh in rogue one with darth vader and the luke skywalker scene from from mandalorian and sync them up so they're ha- occurring at the same time so you can see kind of that synchronicity happening uh-huh i haven't seen that um but that yeah, makes all makes sense because it, it it seems familiar in its like choreography right yeah. as well as I was watching it. So it doesn't surprise me that they would like use that as like a blueprint and like intentionally. So I would imagine to like draw this like parallel of father and son. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I, I think I, as I was reading, you know, some of the, you know, the immediate, you know, reactions and reviews of the final episode, I think I remember seeing some people like kind of pointing that out. Um, you know, the, you know, how similar the sequence was. Um, but yeah, I'll have, to, I'll have to check out the the video side by side. That'd be fun to watch. Yeah, I thought it was fairly strong episode overall as well. Nice, you know, fight sequences all around. That was a good setup too for watching Mando fight just one of those uh, dark troopers. You know, to show yeah. you, you know, gave you the idea of just how powerful and menacing these things are. He barely escape with his life just dealing with one and then it, mm-hmm. it adds to that like you said the introduction of seeing luke and seeing how powerful he is that he just mows through them with no issue whatsoever <laughs> yeah yeah you just kind of playing how do how do i want to kill this one am i going to use my lightsaber and am i going to force squeeze it or <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> no I, I mean i agree i think i mean overall that 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 episode was just thrilling. Um, the pacing's great. It's like it just gets gets it gets gets on with it, you know. Hijack that shuttle, you know. Do the hijack shuttle thing, you know. Yeah, it was awesome. It was great again seeing Mando like fight kind of a one on one opponent, you know, an extended choreographed scene. It was really, it was fun to watch. Yeah, watching like the all female boarding team move through the cruiser was great as well. Again, really, really enjoy seeing the other Mandalorian troopers, you know, kind of do their thing. Overall, yeah, I think it pretty brilliant episode. Great payoff, emotionally satisfying. 
at the end to obviously big scene, <laughs> baby Grogu in father, father Din, you know, get a little actual FaceTime. Yeah. <laughs> Very touching. Yeah. Just a great capping off to what I think was just a triumph of like season two. I mean, for yeah. as much as high of expectations were for season two Mandalorian easily lived up to those expectations, just a pretty remarkable job of balancing the uh, application of the different elements of fan service and digging a little deeper into like, you know, the minutia of star Wars lore while kind of connecting it to its uh, kind of foundational elements of, you know, moving towards the sequel trilogy, but without getting bogged down in the, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the unsatisfying parts of that, which is good. Didn't really linger too much on the Snoke clones and whatnot. And, you know, cause nobody wants to have to think too hard anymore about Palpatine and how he uh, <laughs> continued on and uh, procreated. So <laughs> but yeah, I mean, being able to like add all those elements in these tremendously satisfying, fun reveals like Luke here at the end, Ahsoka earlier in the season being, I think still like the, I think the biggest the biggest like element to like connect to, you know, the extended universe mm-hmm. while never really, you know, strain from what makes the show so great and making mm-hmm. it really zeroed in on like what Mando's up to his like adventures with baby Yoda. <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting where they're going to go with season three. C after that, that ending they're losing their cash cow baby. Grogu. Yeah. <laughs> have to bring, bring that back somehow. But it is now it's going to be like um, Groot or something, be this teenager when it, when it comes back or something. Yeah. I mean, depending on where they where they pick up. I mean, the whole show has been about that. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Obviously, they have those threads that they've kept open with Bo-Katan not getting the Darksaber and how that's going to play out. Yeah. I mean, I think that's that storyline is like super interesting and compelling to a lot of the hardcore Star Wars yeah. fans, probably less so for like the casual fans that, yeah. you know, fell in love with baby Yoda and, you know, just like seeing a cool, you know, adventure of the week show with Mando. So, and, you know, whatever their, uh, whoever the, you know, the guest star is going to be, <laughs> you know? Right. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see, you know, where, where we head in season three. I know there's, I, I, I know it's been written that that's Filoni and Favreau didn't necessarily see like baby Yoda being like such like this singular character throughout the entirety of however long they imagine this series to go on. But obviously these guys aren't dumb. They know that they can't, they can't like remove that element from the show for that long. It's still going to be a hugely successful show regardless of, you know, where they go with it, but the payoff of having, you know, the connection with Mando and Grogu is like really that secret sauce that makes that show really hum. And yeah, I I would imagine we'll, we'll see, you know, Mando maybe doing something with Bogotan or, I don't know, somewhere along those lines in the beginning of next 
the next season, whenever we might get that. They've set it up now and they have to deal with it. How How is she going to get that? Right, they have to deal with it. He's now ostensibly the leader of the Mandalorians because <laughs> he has that or he has the claim to it. She can't get it mm-hmm. without fighting him, be- beating him in battle. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, but we might see like the beginnings of like that, that Bo-Katan quest in the Mandalorian and have it like picked up in like another series. Right. I mean, it could be that ends up, you know, falling into the Ahsoka series. I don't know, but you know, obviously I think, you know, the danger is, is like trying to like, you know, the scope creep of, of Mandalorian, you know, you don't, the show works super, you know, one of the reasons, one of the many reasons that it works so well is because it's a very narrow scope of like what Mando's doing. It's like, he's, he's like, the the rogue the go the gunslinger that's traveling the universe and he's going on quests or whatever once you try and like scale him and his like responsibilities up you know farther and farther to the point to where it's like oh he's now going to be trying to like take over a planet it just it doesn't really fit with what the show is yeah so there's there's got to be i I think they'll find some some type of exit ramp where he can just like hey i'm with you I'd like to see Mandalore, you know, <laughs> rise again and all that. That's great. However, it's not really my thing. Yeah. <laughs> good, good luck. <laughs> I'll let, I'll lend you a hand, you know, yeah. I'm going to drop in and like return the favor, you know, since you helped me uh, storm this cruiser, something along those lines, I would think, you know, because you don't want to like, I, you don't want to shake up, you know, the formula that makes that show so great you know too dramatically but sadly i mean we're gonna i think we're gonna be waiting a good good long while i mean i think yeah. there's probably knowing that uh the boba fett show is like slated for december right mm-hmm. this year i would imagine that probably pushes mandalorian into like early 2022 which is interesting too but that's something else to talk about is the little post credit scene with Boba Fett and Ming-Nolan's character and, yeah. mm-hmm. and the uh, killing of the slightly tubbier, slightly <laughs> tubbier yeah. Fortuna. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Taking over Jabba's role in more ways than one, or should I say his roles, <laughs> his skin roles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Apparently if you've got that throne, you know, that's, you know, just a gateway to excess yeah nobody ever <sighs> talked about you know what do these people do uh, you know is there space dialysis because <laughs> <laughs> fortuna's probably got some <laughs> some serious health issues for god's sake he, he, he's got to have gout something too much rich food yeah it's it'll be fun to see like you know what that show is going to be all about um right. i wonder if this is going to be like just kind of a limited run you know, kind of like a one-off six or eight episodes and, and you're done. I don't know if you, I don't know if there's enough. I mean, <laughs> I, I get it's a huge world with, you know, this immense creative IP we're dealing with here, you know, and fan, pay, fan base that's enormous, but still, I mean, there's gotta be some limits to the amount of runway that all these different Star Wars shows have. And like, you've already got one, you know, Mandalorian show and granted Boba Fett's not, really a mandalorian but still 
Yeah, I would imagine. I, I kind of, I think you're right. It's still going to do some kind of limited run. It's whatever, six, eight episodes of a, yeah. basically a movie, you know, chopped up into those six or eight parts. Right. And give the fans a proper send off of for that character. We get to see, you know, yeah, we get to see all the things we might have wanted to see. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think after seeing Boba in action in the, what chapter 14 the tragedy mm-hmm. <laughs> that a lot of fans are like yes yeah <laughs> more yeah. of that i yeah. want i want i want more of boba fett you know smashing stormtroopers with the uh what whatever what, what is it the bantha stick or whatever <laughs> whatever the, yeah, the but yeah looking yeah. forward to it uh there's i mean you know that's the i mean that's the benefit that all of these like future uh star wars shows get from Mandalorian being so well done and so successful is there's no reason to like go into any of them without high expectations. Yeah. <laughs> looking forward to it until you end up getting disappointed, you know, if that happens. But yeah. And isn't uh, Robert Rodriguez is gonna be the main showrunner, director, all all yeah. the hub, producer. Yeah, I I guess so. Yeah, that's that's what I remember reading too. Was he's basically going to be running it, which again, right? He was the one that directed the the tragedy, right? Yeah. So it stands the reason we'll we'll get more of that kind of style of. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously, we know what what to expect from Robert Rodriguez. So, and we think that that's do we think that's the next the next Star Wars show that's queued up? I don't think there's anything that we think is going to happen before that right unless they're one of the new animated series is is uh, right yeah dropping as, as far as live action stuff i think that's you know that that's next in line i mean it's pretty good timing as far as disney plus is concerned now that all of the uh the marvel shows are either up and running or queued up for the rest of the year so i guess that's a good segue to like lead us into in the WandaVision, yeah. WandaVision, yeah. Yep, and we're what on currently episode four was the last one. Yeah, and I guess we're guessing this is probably the midway point. Yeah, confirmed whether or not this is eight episodes or more, but it seems likely that we're looking at an eight episode. Yeah. So, how did you receive WandaVision? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the last time we talked about the Marvel shows in general. I think we both hit on WandaVision as like something that seemed like kind of an unknown quantity. Like it seemed, you know, compared to like the other shows that are queued up, like Loki and Falcon and the Winter Soldier, yeah. you know, it seems, those seem like really like, you, we know what those shows are going to be, you know, as far as stylistically, it, it seems reasonable. And WandaVision was like, well, you know, it's obviously going to be strange, you know, <laughs> with the framing of like sitcoms of yesteryear and all that. And I know that I was like in the beginning when they first announced like, oh, we're going to do a WandaVision show. I was like, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. And then, you know, seeing like those more, those later trailers that came out, you know, I was like, okay, I'm kind of excited about this. And then, you know, hoping that they'll pull it off because it looks like it could be really cool. And yeah, I think they pulled it off. It's really cool. Yeah, <laughs> it's, like, yeah, yeah. it's a lot of fun. And yeah, and I am, I'm digging these, the, I'm digging the show in the format that it's taking this whole, you know, alternate 
world of 50s and 60s and 70s sitcoms and where we're going along that path, it's a ton of fun to watch the different applications of that. But I'm also, I'm just really loving the two characters a lot, Wanda and Vision, in ways that I don't think we really had a chance to like love them in the big screen, you know, applications. You know, they're just two characters that weren't, you know, featured that much. Uh, we get to see, uh, I think we get to see better looks into them in the uh, third Captain America film, the, the Civil War film. And then we kind of like leap forward, right? And it's uh, to, you know, their more evolved romance, you know, when we get to like the, the end game movies. Yeah. But but still, it's like there's there always felt like there's like huge gaps, you know, with these characters as we're like, you know, we're being asked to like be invested in them as individuals. And they just didn't have quite the screen time, you know, to like earn earn that. But now it's like, it's a ton of fun, you know, watching them getting invested in these individual characters. Yeah, I know we talked a little bit about it too, but I've been impressed with uh, how they've handled the framing like you said, doing this balancing act of having the underlying mystery, you know, what the hell's going on, marrying that with the format of the sitcom, they've done an excellent job. The first three episodes are watchable as throwback sitcom episodes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, know, you, you know, you you buy them as Brady Bunch episode, a Bewitched episode, and a, you know, I Love Lucy or something, Dick Van Dyke show. Mm-hmm. So you buy them as that. Yeah, so I, I've just been impressed with the writing, been impressed with the acting as well, the mm-hmm. comedic timing of Paul Bettany mm-hmm. is pretty great. We already knew, though, he you know, he's a fantastic act- actor. So yeah, I kind of had no doubt that about you know his skills that he would he would be fine. Whether or not the writing would support him is another issue. But I've, yeah, but it's, it's it's been great. I've uh, I've really enjoyed. Yeah, I've been impressed that they've been able to marry those two things um, so seamlessly. The joke, it, it, you know, the sitcom-y kind of jokey stuff is there, but it's like, but then you kind of pull yourself back because you kind, I mean, we don't know what the hell is going on. Even, you know, episode four, when we get to that, that that tells us a little bit more of what's going on, but you already had mm-hmm. a kind of a hint. You knew right, Vision's dead. You know, this isn't the real world what's happening and so you know that there's this strange melancholy aspect running through so even the jokes even though they're funny you can you laugh and you kind of read it on that level but then you have the kind of melancholy running underneath of (laughs) you know here here's this woman going through severe trauma and yeah pretending that everything's okay and <laughs> just impressive yeah. yeah did you um did you watch the um special on disney the, the little individual legends special on disney plus where they have like a little it's like a little like six or seven minute feature on vision and then scarlet witch you know basically just they were like they dropped i think they dropped them like whatever like a couple of weeks before wandavision premiered and um as basically a refresher for people like here's who these characters are and like you know with like scenes of you know all their their appearances all these key you know moments throughout the you know the cinematic universe appearances i finally i never i didn't watch it before the show i, I watched it actually watched them earlier this morning actually 
I was like, <laughs> I was surprisingly emotional watching those two like specials and like seeing like the, you know, the evolution of those two characters and, you know, the tragedy that befalls them at the end, at the, you know, at the end of Infinity War. And I think maybe I'm just, I'm, I'm primed to feel, you know, even more sympathetic towards these characters now after like learning more about them and watching the show. But yeah, it's, it's a really nice Gosh, it's a really nice uh, payoff after we, we know the things that were kind of left hanging with those characters at the end of the, the Avengers run of movies and and how much, you know, if you have any knowledge of like the comics, you know, how much, how much material is there for these characters, you know, how much more is there to be explored and, and getting to see, like you say, you know, Paul Bettany be more than just, you know, a come to life version of Jarvis and you know in her own in her own right Elizabeth Olsen who's also an, an, yeah. an exceptional actor yeah she is um fight you know giving getting more of an opportunity you know rather than the small you know slices that she had you know in Civil War and then a little bit in in Endgame but uh to get a little bit more opportunity now to like really show the character in in, in a different light super gratifying looking at you know, looking at the progression of like going from, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s, I wonder, I think it's, gonna. I, I, I wonder, and I guess I expect, you know, when we get to the end of this season, it's probably going to be a lot of fun to like go back and rewatch it from the beginning, right. you know, after we get a greater understanding, which we get to the finish, you know, however much they like reveal to like go back to the earlier episodes and be able to pick out things yeah. that happen in the context of the sitcom story yeah. that have greater implications and connection to like what's actually going on right. in this world. Uh, yeah. All those little, but, you, know, you don't know. It's yeah. I mean, I've seen, obviously people have done plenty of analysis on those things with, you know, the bunny rabbit that Ag, uh, Agnes gives to her, you know, it's like something's probably going on that, you know, the, so you might be able to go back and do yeah. those things. So, yeah. So it's, Looking at that fourth episode, first the beginning of the blip back, which is fantastic. I thought that was really, mm -hmm. I didn't know how much I wanted to see that <laughs> until I saw yeah. it, you know, seeing yeah. the chaos and the, the terror that it would cause and, mm -hmm. and the pain. I think people tend to think of it as just a, a good thing, right? Oh, great. All these people came back, but it's also a lot of pain there. Obviously, Monica... Rambeau, the pain of her mom not being there. All the other things, you know, people have moved on with their lives five years and, oh, hello, I'm back. Yeah. 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 <laughs> How do I deal with this? It's interesting with uh, the characters they included. We talked a little bit about that, just the two of us before, about the Jimmy Woo character and... Yeah, Kat Denning's character, uh, Darcy. Darcy, which is a nice inclusion and gets them uh, more screen time, more depth than they've gotten in the films, obviously, especially Jimmy, Jimmy Woo, mm -hmm. that character. And yeah. uh, the new acting director of S.W.O.R.D. and Monica Rambeau, and like I, we'd mentioned that too, <laughs> to each other talking. It's like, yep, uh, I don't trust that dude. <laughs> Something's weird about yeah. that. <laughs> Something's going yeah. on. And it just seems like he wants to get rid of her and feels probably feels a little threatened because he knows if she hadn't have blipped, she would have his job. Yeah. 
I agree with you. I didn't necessarily think of it, think of along those lines in the moments as those characters are meeting and we're meeting those characters or that character in particular. I don't remember whoever the guy's name is. Yeah, I don't. Um, yeah. The director, but it. I agree. I think it feels like there's there's something extra going on there. Yeah, something's off. Also, if you just think of it, yeah, something's definitely off. Also, if you just think of it in the context of more of a, you know, a real world, <laughs> you know, this, here's, here's this unqualified white man that is basically jumped well ahead of the line over this black female character. Yeah, right. <laughs> so it's like, that's too, it's, it's too on the nose <laughs> to not be something, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, unless it's just a colossal, like kind of like misstep maybe from, you know, the writers and not like understanding, like, okay, if you're, if you're trying to say something, then that's one thing, but yeah, it seems a little bit too <laughs> on the nose for yeah. what is happening all the time in the world, um, in the real world. So yeah, I'm looking forward to like seeing like, okay, what's going on. There's got, there's gotta be something more going on within that organization. And that guy's, that guy's Hydra for sure. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but yeah. Yeah. Well, that ties in with all the commercials. Uh, and, yeah. And I uh, thought too, with the, fra- you know, the framing, the whole framing of this has been, you know, you're wondering who's in control of this alternate reality is Wanda ultimately in control at the end of that fourth episode, obviously Monica comes out of it saying, you know, it's all Wanda basically. And I think that's definitely a misdirect as well. I mean, I've, and we've mm-hmm. talked about this before too, but I know, I think it's clear she she has some control and she definitely wants to continue the lie. She wants to be there. So either she's being manipulated or she has made a deal with the devil, <laughs> the, the comic book version of the devil in the Marvel universe. Uh-huh. And something's going on with some of those characters. Um, Catherine Hahn's character knows more. And we obviously in that episode we get the sense that they know more because they're they almost tell vision. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're all right, we're all here because and they stop short, you know, telling him right why and all that all that stuff with the connection of possibly her character and Agatha Harkness from the comics and, and her little brooch with the uh three figures and one is right, the death figure. <laughs> they did in an episode, one of the episodes too, the intro, I think it's the uh bewitched episode there's a little easter egg when vision floats through the walls if you can pause in the wall you'll see like the helmet of that character within the walls something of that nature so you know it could be more than one manipulator happening here too more than one character more than one baddie and they're trying to i think we know right that they're trying to set this up for the next phase of the marvel universe and we know wanda's appearing in the doctor strange film so Mm -hmm. that aspect has to be taken into account too as far as the baddies go you know are they going to make her the baddie i I don't think so i mean certainly they might use her in that way or she might be being used and they might use her as a misdirect in that way but i don't think she's going to be the main source of the problems there's going to be some other big baddie yeah I think I'm, you know, I think that's right. I mean, I think that's kind of in line with what I'm kind of thinking, speculating on where the series is heading, what's going on in the world. If I, yeah, if I had to venture a guess, you know, that would probably be my theory would be like, yes, she's, she's one is like controlling this illusion, but she's 
not necessarily, she's not necessarily the one that like came up with, you know, whatever the motivation to create the illusion. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I could see like a, a situation where there's, there is this, this still to be met, you know, adversary who is getting some type of benefit right out of Wanda doing this. And while Wanda is like doing it willingly because it's getting her what she wants, she gets to have this idyllic world where vision's alive and they're together, but there's another, there's something else going on, obviously, to where, you know, that somebody else has a motivation that's beyond what Wanda maybe is aware of. And again, I think you're right with, I think, I think we'll probably end up seeing whoever that character characters are nameless, uh, currently nameless uh, director of sword is, is, is connected to them. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think so. So we have the whole Jimmy Woo character looking for his missing person. You know, who is that missing person? And we haven't seen Agnes's husband. She mentions Ralph all the time, and but we we haven't seen mm-hmm. Ralph. Maybe that missing person is Ralph, or maybe that miss, or maybe Ralph is the big baddie who's hiding in those shadows. Like you said, when we go back to watch, we'll say, ah, that's where that big baddie was, or you know hiding there in the rabbit cage yeah 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 there he is he's the rabbit (laughs) yeah and i think it's clear too she's she has some wanda has a lot of control over this but not everything we see certain aspects where where she tries to get rid of the stork by Mm -hmm. poofing it away with her magic but she can't and so you know things things of that nature kind of betray that she doesn't have complete and of course that could just be that just her general trauma you know kind of subconscious level these things manifest themselves but i think it's more than that. i think she just she actually doesn't have complete control she has a lot of control but not complete control over yeah. this and you know the <laughs> the fact of seeing uh the walking dead version of vision suddenly <laughs> as well yeah. uh, tells you something else is happening which i found genuinely creepy yeah yeah no it was effective <laughs> it yeah. was definitely effective yeah, in the moment it's creepy as like a oh, you know, because it's it's a it's a unsettling um end to that episode in general where you've you've got Wanda confronting Monica and feeling like Wanda is very dangerous in that moment and that comes across so it's a shift from like, you know, the majority of this the run of the series so far has been lighthearted yeah yeah, and with like sprinkles of like oh there's something else going on underneath the surface but then here where you feel Wanda's very dangerous in that particular moment and you're concerned you know if you didn't know that you know from seeing the end of the previous episode that Monica's okay you'd be like very concerned for (laughs) Monica Rambo's safety there you know so you've got that air of like danger at the end of the episode followed immediately by like seeing the lifeless husk version of vision really effective you know again it's like it's a it's a great reminder of like oh yeah this is we've got a direct connection here to endgame where we lose vision to wanda slash thanos and that kind of like brings you back to like oh yeah this is still the world that's still the rea- the true reality of the world and those are the stakes you know what is keeping wanda 
you know, doing what she's doing. Yeah, but I'm intrigued to, to see where it goes from here and invested. And hopefully it continues to surprise and, and to be you know, consistently good as it has been.